Welcome to the Best Place to Work podcast, where we promise actionable tips from real business leaders on building amazing work cultures. Not tips from Google, but tips from the trenches of real-world businesses just like yours. This episode of the podcast is a bit different because I sat down with a non-founder. I talked with the culture warrior at DSI, which is an e-discovery firm, and he shares from a unique perspective on how they built his position at the company to intentionally foster that company culture to make their team successful, and then how that culture actually became a differentiator in their industry and made them more competitive. It's really interesting to hear their journey, so listen on in. Today on the podcast, I have Justin Moses, who's the culture warrior at DSI, and they are an e-discovery firm in Nashville, Tennessee, um, and they've been voted as Inc. Magazine's 50 best places to work, which is quite an accomplishment, Justin. So um, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. So tell me a little bit about DSI. Give me the little pitch on, on what you guys do, how you guys got started, and how you got to where you're at today. Sure. Uh, DSI is a litigation support firm, so we help... Law firms and corporations drive down the cost of attorney review through software, but also the people behind the software. So um, during litigation, it can be attorney review can be the most expensive part of litigation. So um, back in 1999, when Tom and Kevin founded the company, we really started out just kind of your typical paper company, copying papers um, for one side of the case for the the opposing counsel. So kind of like your white glove kinkos, we go in and um, get the file cabinets and make all the copies of the paper. Well, as technology changed, so did our our industry and who we were, who we were as a company. So we started scanning paper, and then um, you know once the email and the big da- data boom, we the owners saw um, an opportunity there. So. And they started diving into digital forensics and e-discovery, um, which really wasn't known um, too much back in uh, the early 2000s. Um, and we were one of the first firms in the nation to actually have an e-discovery case. So essentially, we took a bunch of boxes, scanned them, and digitized them, OCR'd, um, and then hosted in a platform for attorneys to go in and review the documents. Um, so as the technology changed, so did we in, um, you know, adding different features and able to cull down those documents, whether it's a date filter or a individual person um, filtering to just their emails and whatnot. So, and, and now the technology is, you know, grand where we're using artificial intelligence to, you know, cull this information similar to like a Netflix or um, a Pandora, like, oh, you like this document, then you should look at this document. And all that, what that does is gets uh, the attorneys that use us, gets them to the most pertinent documents sooner. Gotcha. And so how many people do you guys have at the company now? We currently have 75 employees. 75, okay. So so tell me about um, kind of, okay, e-discovery sounds like you guys went from very low-tech, unsexy kind of business model and what you guys do to kind of still, I'd say e-discovery is kind of unsexy. I mean, not to be, but, you know, it's like, okay, it's not this fun, flashy thing, but it, it does sound like you guys are building some of the technology aspects into it, which is, do you feel like, how does that 
how does that affect your ability to, to get talent and to attract people? And, you know, you obviously are doing something right if you're voted best place to work. Um, so tell me about that and, and how you guys build in that appeal of your company. Um, well, as you can imagine, you know, dealing with attorneys on multi-million dollar cases, it can be very stressful, especially with attorneys that, you know, need things yesterday and, you know, just large amounts of data and document productions and deadlines. And, um, it's in order to have the employees that are engaged and can deal with the late night calls and the weekend work and all that. Um, both Tom and Kevin wanted a place that people were excited to come into work. And, um, you know, even, you know, I've been within company uh, going on seven years now. When I first started, they had certain things built into the culture, like the unlimited vacation and um, kind of the, the motto, as long as you get your work done, we don't really care what you do if you're showing up late, leaving early. Um, so it's very, um, very kind of casual culture. Um, but as we started to grow and really started to, you know, you know, double in size and increase in revenue, they decided, hey, we need to be more intentional about our culture. And once that started happening, we saw it as a differentiator in our industry. Not a lot of firms that do what we do put an emphasis on culture, which was great for us because, you know, as you mentioned, um, pulling people away from other companies or, or hiring the best talent, you know, if I can go and work for a company that is excited about me working there and can give back to me and help me grow as an individual, then you know, I might be able to take a pay cut. You know, we have two exec level um, positions now that actually did take a pay cut and left these, you know, Fortune 500 companies to come work with us because they knew in the long run it'd be better for their, you know, work-life balance. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Waypoint. If you want to get your team aligned and you want to go from herding cats to a well-oiled machine, and if you're sick of the annual review process, then check out Waypoint. It's an elegant tool built for leaders just like you to help you invest in your people and unlock their true potential. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more. What would you say, you know, what would you say were um, some of the things that that attributed to the being voted best place to work, you know, beyond just maybe the, you know, you know, core values is one big thing that I talk to people and they say our core values are something that we really are proud of and our, our employees really like. Um, what are some other things about how maybe the leadership there sets the tone for the company? Um, it sounds like there was, you said a big shift where they went from, okay, we're growing. We have to be intentional about this culture thing. That's pretty, pretty standard. I would say in growing companies, um, but what, what would you say, whether it's, um, you know, feedback from the team, whether it's um, being, you know, the uh, leadership being engaged on the day to day, what are some of the things that you, you feel like that other, maybe other firms just like yours aren't doing very well that you are? No, I think that's great. And I think you hit upon it, uh, feedback from the team. And we were lucky enough to start working with a company coach. Um, Petra coach and they helped us implement our core purpose and our core values and you know 
when the executive team decided on those, they wanted to make sure that they were, you know, something that tied in with, with the employees. And our core purpose is e-discovery about people with a big emphasis on the about people with our team members, our clients, and our community. So all our cultural initiatives kind of feed back into that core purpose. And um, when getting the feedback from our employees, you know, we were holding these quarterly planning sessions, you know, abiding by the Rockefeller habits and setting goals, you know, what's our quarterly goals, our year company priorities, um, our three to five year goals, our big, hairy, audacious goal. So once we had all those, or during those quarterly meetings, you sit in a room with all the employees and the executive team, and it gets heated. It gets passionate. People are passionate about what they do, whether it's you know something that they have to a software they use daily that just frustrates them when they know there's better software out there. So they, you know, we kind of have that. Vegas mentality. What happens in this quarterly planning session is is between us, and it's going to stay here. So if you need to get in a heated conversation with the CEO or CFO, they're okay with it. In fact, they, um, you know, they love it when that happens because they get to see the passion of their employees coming out talking about the company. Has that always been the case that they've always liked that? I mean, was that a painful process when they started to do that? I mean. <laughs> Um, it was an interesting process when we first started that. Um, so you had people in the room and you could see people kind of, um, fidgeting around in their seat. Um, cause it's, it can be uncomfortable for others in the room when, you know, the person next to them's, you know, not really going toe to toe with the CEO, but essentially in those um, heated discussions and, um, but no, it was accepted. And I think the leaders did a great job of, of making that clear, clear to the company, like, Hey, this is a heated argument I'm having with Justin, but this is what we want. This is what we want out of this is how we grow. It's those adult conversations that help move the company forward. Yeah. No, it's, so how often you get, you guys do that quarterly, you said? We do that quarterly. Okay. Um, would you say that is one of the key things that that really drives the feedback, or I mean, what are their what are their big things you guys do that you feel are, are unique? Because that's that's definitely unique. I don't think most companies open up their the leadership team to that kind of feedback, especially direct <laughs> in person. So I think that's a huge a huge thing you guys are doing that's uh, different. But what other what other things maybe that you feel like aren't the common perks, you know, or yeah, we take advantage of another software called Tiny Pulse, and that sends out a question every two weeks, you know, a, a short little, um, you know, how happy are you at work on a scale of zero to 10? Um, you know, our current question is, do our core values align with your own personal values? Um, again, on a scale of zero to 10. And this feedback is completely anonymous. And you can just leave the number score or you can go in and add a comment. And it's, it's neat there because, again, it's completely anonymous, so it gives the employees a little bit more freedom um, to speak their mind. Uh, and then uh, our leadership team reviews all those and they respond to them. So as they respond to them, it stays anonymous, but you see that, oh, Tom is responding to my comment. Um, it also allows for virtual suggestions where you know, just an idea box, like, hey, we want Listerine in the bathroom. And we read that and we're like, well, okay, that's an easy fix. And 
everybody loved it. So there's some simple things like that, but also some more complex. Some some of our hourly employees were um, discussing about paid time off and holiday pay. Uh, when we read that, the leadership team said, "This is a no-brainer. Let's let's give it to them." And um, so when you see things happening like that, it motivates the employees to participate and give that feedback, and it's great. And kind of in the title of the software, it keeps a pulse, allows the leadership team to keep a pulse on the employees and what's going on in the company. Yeah, I think that's great. What would you say, do you have, have you any um, things that you've tried that haven't worked out, that have been a complete failure <laughs> or backfired in some way? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, we've, we've had several, um, I don't know about a complete failure. You know, we have it's it's best to fail forward and to learn from it and change it um our community service event comes to mind so we developed a program called discover your community and we're like oh we'll do great we'll do a big habitat build we'll get everybody out on a weekend and you know go do this large event and we came to find out people like their weekends and they have families that they don't like you know they're already spending plenty of time away from their family. So we looked at that and said, okay, let's, let's, how can we remodel this? And it, now what we do um, is even better. We do monthly events where we highlight a foundation, a charity, and it can be during office hours to where you go out to like a second harvest food, bacon sort, sort foods or, um, you know, other ones. And it's even more beneficial because of instead of trying to schedule these larger events, now we're, able to reach different foundations, charities. And now we have employees going, hey, you know what? I was raised in foster care. I really want to do something with a local foster care company or, um, you know, employees going, hey, I don't have kids, but I love dogs. And can we do anything with the, you know, National Humane Society or, or whatnot? So um, it allows to touch us, touch more on that. And um, so, yeah, that's something that didn't really work out all too great that we kind of tweaked and made it what it is today. Yeah. It sounds like you failed forward. Like you said, you know, you said, right. okay, the core idea is good. We just need to refine it a little bit. Exactly. So, what do you hope for the future of, of DSI and, and kind of where you guys are going both with your culture and with the business and expansion? Um, you know, we, we, obviously want to continue to grow and you know with our culture and the, the programs we have i want to see me personally in my position and my role is uh, improving the individuals that work here and you know i'm starting to see that because i've only been in this position for a little over or right at two years now and um, we have a program called the discover you program with the motto better you better us meaning the better you are as an individual, the better we are as a company. So I want to continue to grow the individuals in the company, whether it's people setting um, goals to run a half marathon or a marathon or to quit smoking, um, to lose 20 pounds and all those things. Um, I want that program to continue to grow, grow to where there's contagion within the individual families and even with our clients and the rest of our community and and spreading that and really being a champion, a culture that can be highlighted for other companies to come in and say, hey, 
I think it's great what y'all are doing here, what y'all are doing for your employees. How can we do the same thing for ours? That's great. That's awesome. Anything else you want to add? Um, no, I think the things that we, we tout or, you know, are, are proud of is, you know, our transparency with the company, which I don't think is, is too common um, in other companies as far as where we, where we're going, um, how we plan on getting there and the leadership team, letting people know that and uh, communicating that, whether it's, you know, on the TV screens throughout the office or monthly newsletters, um, just being completely transparent with, with who we are as a company and what our plan is moving forward and helping identify that, that finish line or that ever moving finish line that, that we're all working towards. So it allows us um, to be engaged, to know exactly what we're working for instead of just, you know, work until five o'clock and, and working for the weekend. Yeah, definitely. No, it sounds like you guys something, have something really unique there and um, it's an inspiration to me and I know it will be to, to the audience. So thank you for sharing, Justin. I appreciate it. Okay, no problem. All right, have a good day. All right. You too. Thanks so much for listening. If you found the show valuable, please give us some love on iTunes. But if there's any reason that you would rate us less than five stars, please let me know. Shoot me a note at mike at bestplacetoworkpodcast.com. Thanks.